Hi, everybody. This is Alan Fine. I'm here with Catherine Heald, who's the CEO and founder of Remote Lands, a luxury Asian tour operator. We're going to talk about Asian destinations, itineraries, and activities that travel advisors should be focusing on right now here on Insider Travel Report. Catherine, welcome. Thank you, Alan. I'm delighted to be here today. By the way, I'm a co-founder. So oh, co- my so we, so I, we didn't mean to snub anybody. We, you, give a shout out to your co-founder. Yeah, my co- co-founder, Jay Tyndall, he lives in Bangkok and runs our Bangkok office where we have 25 staff. Remote Lands offers 37 countries and counting. Tell us more. What's open and what are the protocols? What's not open? Let's, let's get an overview. Okay. So we are Asia specialists everything from Japan and Siberia down to Papua New Guinea and Indonesia, all the way over to the UAE um, and down to the Maldives. So everything in between, just about. So the, the whole concept from the very beginning was our passion for Asia, that Asia is what what I love thinking about, reading about, talking about all day, every day. And um, so 16 years ago, Jay and I co-founded the company to focus on luxury Asia travel. Of course, that's also how we like to travel is in luxury. What a coincidence. Yeah. So that's also what we knew. That's how we had always traveled. And so it made perfect sense. And there was no, there was no, tour operator out there that focused exclusively on high-end Asia. So there was a, a big niche. There's a high barrier to entry because you have to, um, you, you have to have operations over there. That's non-trivial. So like I said, we have 25 people in our Bangkok office. We have teams on the ground and country managers in each country in Asia. So it's a lot of work setting all that up. Mm-hmm. And that barrier to entry is one of the reasons why we have still to this day, very little direct competition. And we'll get to the fact that it's also who you know, so that you can create these unbelievable things that you have access. But, but right. let's continue to talk about what's open, what's not, and what are the protocols in general? Okay, so right now, um, there are 18 countries that are open in Asia. So... The ones that have been open almost throughout are the UAE, the Maldives, Oman, um, Uzbekistan. We've been booking a lot of trips to those places. The Maldives has been off the charts and suddenly everybody's going to Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And why? Because it's open. It doesn't hurt. They're also marketing very well. Yes. Yes. Well, and they have great uh, flying on Emirates is off the charts. So it all works really, really well. Um, Georgia and Armenia have also been open for quite a while in the Caucasus. Um, then fairly recently, Kyrgyzstan, Bangladesh, Nepal, Qatar, and Singapore opened without quarantine. When I say something's open, I'm talking about open without quarantine. Gotcha. And then the countries that just opened are Cambodia, Mongolia, Philippines, India and Thailand. So, so there's a lot of choice uh, there. So, so what's yeah. still, what, what are we waiting for? Who, who, who's well, lagging? exactly. I mean, the only thing people are waiting for is 
is uh, taking the risk of getting stuck if they test positive while they're traveling. And um, so, but now I have to say in the last three weeks, business has just exploded because it really does feel like Omicron is in the rear view mirror and that we're able to, um, we're able to travel again and at least plan for March onwards. And so which are the countries that are, are still to open? So the number one most important from our point of view is Japan, because we have literally um, well over 100 trips to Japan on the books waiting to reschedule. And that is just absolutely huge. Japan has been our number one country. Um, also, Vietnam needs to reopen, Laos, Bhutan is huge, and they've been very, very cautious about reopening. Now India has fully reopened and Sri Lanka and Nepal. So all the other countries in the subcontinent are open. So Bhutan is just super paranoid. You know how many deaths they've had since the beginning? No. One. No. One. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, they've done very well. Everybody's vaccinated. Um, but it's really not good for people to not be able to work since they rely so much on right. tourism. Right. It's really unhealthy. Okay. Well, and so what's the ETA on any of these? Do you have any governmental contacts? Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> um, and at this point, they're still non-committal. So we just, uh, just live in hope. Now, we expect Indonesia will open soon. Um, Indonesia, Laos, Vietnam should be quite soon. So it's really Japan, Korea, and Bhutan that, that we're really waiting for. And Taiwan is another one. So, so as we said, there was some countries just weathered it uh, differently and you were able to operate. So during the two years, what was that like? Well, a lot of UAE and Maldives. <laughs> And also just postponing, we had over 300 trips on the books in March, 2020. And so we had to postpone those. That was a lot of work actually. I mean, we were on yeah. the phone all day, every day with all the agents, advisors right. that we had to postpone all their clients' trips. And But you were able to get some people to change their focus and maybe go someplace different for a while. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people did that, but a lot of people just we have the same trip that's sitting there and they're just waiting, for example, for Japan to reopen. But then like once Nepal opened, we had some clients, they were supposed to go to the Philippines over Christmas. They pivoted to Nepal. So that was great. That is so great. we've had quite a bit of that. Right. So since your your luxury, who, who's your who's your target client? We are suppliers for Virtuoso, Serendipians, uh, the Global Travel Collection, and many of the top agencies. Most of the top agencies around America and around the world. So their clients, who are CEOs, Wall Street titans, you know financiers, a lot of finance for sure, um, but also Hollywood celebrities, professional athletes, entrepreneurs, 
um, other high net individuals like that from America and all over the world. Those are our clients. That's our sweet spot. We are used to giving our clients the best of the best, but we also today, for example, we got a, an email from an advisor. Her clients are multi-billionaires and they want to do a pan stands trip. So they want to go to uh, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, and Kyrgyzstan. So five stands. And um, so they're very adventurous. So going off the beaten path, um, we, we have another, another client who's going to Siberia because she's uh, writing a book about it. So she's going way off the beaten path. So being adventurous, um, wanting the best of everything, but being willing to leave your comfort zone and stay in something very simple if needed. Um, we've had clients who, for example, wanted to go to Mount Kailash, and that's the most sacred mountain in the world. It's in uh, Western Tibet, and there is nowhere to stay. So it's all pilgrims that go there. It takes three days to circumambulate Mount Kailash. It's so sacred, nobody has ever climbed it. So there are very simple dorms for pilgrims. But of course, our clients don't want to stay in a dorm. So we build them a luxury tented camp with, um, they'll come with a private chef. We'll set up a shower tent, a toilet tent, um, and we'll make it as comfortable as possible. This, so, is what I, this is what I want to hear. Tell me more. Tell me more of these. Well, so just a very adventurous, really cool. I mean, we love that kind of thing. We named the company Remote Lands because we love getting way outside of our comfort zone, going to places where there are no other travelers. And that can be anywhere from uh, the Himalayas to Japan. I mean, Japan is so huge. And my favorite, I've been to Japan dozens and dozens of times. And my favorite thing is to go to these really remote, tiny little villages, rural areas where they never see foreigners and really have a true Japanese experience. That's, that's, the, that's real for me. That's my favorite thing. And that's really anywhere, anywhere in Asia where you get outside of the cities and, and then have contrast. I love the yin and the yang of going and staying in, you know, an Oman uh, right, resort right. and then going like in, in India, going to a really remote area and whatever's available, you're happy to stay there, but you're really having a truly authentic experience. And, and that's so much more life-changing. I know they use the word transformational these days, but you're going to remember that much more than you're going to remember just you know, another, just the five-star hotel experience. Should travel advisors um, maybe uh, look at their client list and decide, how would they decide if they have a client that's right for this? Travel advisors could have clients who are typically three to four star in Europe, but when they go to Asia, 
those same budgets go much, much farther. So they could suddenly be five-star clients in Thailand and Vietnam, where money goes a lot farther than it does in Europe. So, so travel advisors should really start to think about it that way. Yes. Oh, absolutely. People are always shocked when they go to Southeast Asia and they see, wow, this service is unbelievable. This food is amazing. I get a private car driver and guide to take me around every day. And I'm spending a fraction of what I spend in Europe. And I'm getting better hotels and better service. And I'm having this unbelievable experience that's so meaningful, that's so moving, that's going to change my life forever. Okay, so Catherine, um, Asia is quite a lot, but do you do anything outside of Asia? So our main business is high-end Asia, FITs. But in addition, we were fortunate enough to have been selected by Amman to operate the Amman Jet Expeditions. So we started this back in 2013. We operated our first one in October of 2015. Since then, we grew from just Asia to all over the world. So we have Amman Jet Expeditions that go from Tokyo to Venice, from Kyoto to Greece. We're going to be launching one that's in the Americas. We're so it's going wherever to be- Amman is. Yes. Yes. So we're working um, very tightly with Amman. Quite a privilege. Yes, it is a great privilege. We provide the jet. um, We book all of the clients. So the advisors need to call us when they have bookings. Um, And they, so unlike some of the other jet expeditions out there, we take only eight couples. So instead of having like, a huge jet with, you know, 50, 60, 70 people. It's we only intimate. take, yeah, we take only um, eight. eight or nine couples. We have an Airbus 318 jet that's absolutely stunning. It has only 19 seats. It has been refitted. It would normally have 130 seats, but it oh, only has 19. So it's set wow. up in this billionaire style, which is sofas and coffee tables and everybody's looking at each other. And um, it's uh, it's a big party in the sky. And each couple has their own private car driver and guide every day. So you really do your own thing. You're not stuck with um, being thrown in a bus with a bunch of other people. So the only time you're thrown together in a bus is this plane. Is the Airbus. Yeah, which is also (laughs) That's the only bus is the Airbus. Well, that's your new slogan. (laughs) Right. Yes. You're very clever, Alan. Thank you. So I I dare say the travel advisors want to work with you. And how can they get involved? So we work with, like I said, the top travel advisors all over the country and all over the world. And... um, they, they call us, we have long conversations. The more we can learn about their clients, the better, because mm-hmm. the more we know, um, the better and more personalized the experience can be. And um, we, we often get on the phone or on Zoom calls with them and their clients. That's always very helpful. 
that makes, you know, the, the three together is really um, the best formula. And we find that those are the best trips. They close more frequently. The client who's the actual traveler is more comfortable um, just overall very successful. So, you know, we go out to, um, well, we, well, we keep changing, we keep cleaning our, our database. We're up to 99,000 travel advisors. Not everybody is, uh, has the clients for this, but there are some on the cusp that are, that are like, hey, you know what? I have some, I wanna get involved. Where should they do? Should I go to the website? Um, they can go and look on the website. We have over 400 sample itineraries, but ultimately every trip is completely bespoke FIT based on their clients. So you can get ideas on our website, um, but the actual trip, it's better to talk and uh, call in, brainstorm, talk through different ideas and just reach the best possible conclu conclusion. So website is the starting point. Uh, there's phone numbers for contact on there. Mm -hmm. And we have a whole team here in the office. We've been back in the office since June of 2020. So we love being in the office. We're very uh, collaborative. And the magic happens when we're all in the room together. Yeah, I would think wow. you, you bounce ideas off each other. Hey, what about, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, and. Zoom doesn't work as well for that, in our opinion. I was browsing your website and I knew that it would be good because before Asia, your passion was software. So get <laughs> us to understand how you made that transition, please. Well, I moved to Asia in 1989, pretty much um, for adventure. And it was based on reading the books of James Clavel. So I'd been a student in the South of France. I'd been all over Europe. You know, of course, everybody loves Europe. But after reading the Clavel novels about particularly about Hong Kong, I just became obsessed with the idea of going and living there. So I tried to get a job there. I was in business school at NYU at the time. I tried to finish business school over there. Basically, nothing worked. So finally, I got on a plane with my life savings of $1,000 and two phone numbers. And I stayed for seven years. I met my first husband there and just fell in love with everything about Asia. The culture, the people, just how different they are or they were back then from our culture. And just the differences between the countries are so extreme also. But it's interesting because because you you hadn't been there, and you no. were reading about it, and your grandparents did what? Well, actually, yeah, my my. Um, I mean, you were already exposed. Yeah, so my parents' house was full of antiques and other collectibles that they'd gotten in China in the late eighteen hundreds, turn of the century. So they had obviously been obsessed with with uh, Asia also. And travel, even when you were doing software, this is my favorite part. You took a famous cartoon character traveler. Uh-huh. Tell us about yeah. that for a second. So I managed to convince MGM to, to give me an exclusive license for the Pink Panther character for software. 
So we developed a series of, well, back then there was no internet, so it was just CD-ROMs. And so we had the Pink Panther traveling around the world, learning about the different cultures. And I had 50 animators on staff um, in New York, and we created these animations of, of him in um, all over, including in Bhutan. So it's the world's first <laughs> and the first software product that was based in Bhutan. And I managed to take the company public. We were Silicon Alley's first IPO back in 1995. And um, it was all very exciting and bleeding edge stuff. Story of my life being at the bleeding edge. <laughs> so I'm really glad to have gotten to meet you. Now, before we hang up, is there anything you want travel advisors to know about um, your company, about Asia, and about travel in general before we sign off? Well, most of Asia is open now. It's only a few countries that still remain closed. And we expect those will be opening in Q2 sometime this summer. And then we're going to be back in business. I mean, things, I really think the mental, um, I really think the mindset has changed significantly in the past couple of weeks. And every advisor I talk to says their phones are ringing off the hook. They're going crazy. So we've been hiring again. We have a couple new people starting again. So that's really great. And um, we just, we really care. We really care about our advisor partners and making them look like rock stars in the eyes of their clients. Um, we're always very proud to tell all of the hotels we work with in Asia that their clients of um, that particular advisor and that company. And um, we just, at the end of the day, we just want everybody to be happy. We're in this business for the long run. The worst is over. Of course, Asia has been the hardest hit and the last two years have not been easy, but we've gotten through them. And now here we are and we're, we're really at the end of this uh, nightmare. <laughs> it, it was a nightmare for everybody. Yes. And fortunately it's, almost over and the future looks super, super bright. I mean, I've talked to advisors that say their 2022 revenue will exceed their 2019. And that's really good. So we're happy for, for them. We're happy for everyone. We just want us to all succeed and um, all that's great. get back to normal. This, that is a great pep talk. That's what we needed right now. Thank you for that, Kathy. Well, so, it's all true. <laughs> so, I, so thank you. Good luck to you. And we'll check in with you again, I hope. Thank you, Alan. It was so wonderful to talk to you today. And this is Alan Fine for Insider Travel Report.